Welcome back to Looking Up Sheffield. This podcast has been recorded entirely in the open, conforming with all of the latest social distancing rules, bringing you bollards, politics and everything in between whilst trying to avoid the children interrupting the podcast. That's right, we've been away. It's Looking Up Sheffield. Welcome back to Looking Up Sheffield. So, me and Nicola Allen, who's uh, joined me in a fantastic, splendid bobble hat, um, have uh, reconvened after several months. We never imagined that we'd be away for as long as we have. Um, isn't that right, Nicola? Absolutely, yeah. We don't usually stay apart this long, do we? I know. And it's, uh, it's, it's tricky as well to be uh, um, recording this podcast al fresco for the first time. None of the airs and graces of a fantastic recording studio not that we ever had that to begin with really no um so looking up sheffield we've um come back to talk some really good news and today's interview is with a a a hillsborough lad who has um, uh, helped to fundraise nearly a million pounds for a new dementia cafe in hillsborough park so we'll be hearing from him a little bit later so this is looking up sheffield bells and whistles moving traffic and small children that belong to us in the uh, in the distance um, hopefully not getting run over as we uh, as we selfishly record this podcast for the people of Sheffield so how have you been people of Sheffield well first of all let me uh, talk to the person that personifies Sheffield to me and that's Nick how have you been I've been okay I would say you know pretty much like everybody else winging it at home working kids in the background jumping on the bed whilst taking part in a zoom meeting all that kind of shiz, but I can't complain too much. No real health worries, no real financial concerns. You know, I'm ticking along nicely. Few little ups and downs, mental health struggles, but nothing major. Just, just the general ups and downs of uh, daily COVID life, really. Now, when we recorded the last podcast in, uh, uh, well, in fact, it was, the, first, it was the first podcast that we did, and we were, I think, we did it. At the very end of 2019, where we were looking ahead to 2020. In fact, all That's of the pod- right, all of the yeah. podcasts that we've done so far have been looking ahead to stuff that is going to happen. And I must say, um, we failed in that uh, duty of care to you, dear listener, because we didn't put anything in about COVID-19 and a deadly pandemic taking over the no. entire world and us all rethinking and reframing our entire ways of life. And so doing was- nothing. <laughs> and doing nothing at the same time. So... Uh, um, our apologies for that. Um, so, tell me about how you've been uh, rethinking your year, Nick. Well, I mean, that 40th birthday party I was planning, uh, all those venues, you know, so many venues. What am I going to do? Where is it going to go? Well, looks like that's not going to happen. It might be a small gathering of six on the back garden, but uh, I'm sure it'll be just as celebrated, let's say. <laughs> Uh, my plans of learning something new around all the music therapy stuff has had to go on hold because how can you do that while you're juggling homeschooling and working from home and everything else so yeah um it's just all on the back burner for now but you do but at the same time you've been uh, relearning new things and doing things in new ways and uh, um, I've always said that I was going to go and see you at a gig never got round to it made ev- 
every number of you know poor excuses about why I couldn't come and see you. Yes. Um, and then I saw you online. Uh, yep, Facebook Live. Good old Facebook Live. That was that was a new experience for me. It was quite intimidating actually, just knowing that you were just putting yourself out there. Uh, but it was great. I really enjoyed it, and it's um, it's been a nice way to continue having that creative outlet in my life uh, because it's looking really tricky for musicians and I'm lucky enough that it's a hobby rather than a livelihood um, but all those who, who that is their main livelihood can't get back in the pubs, can't get back in weddings, can't get back in any venues so it's a really tricky time for them and I can't imagine how hard it is so if, if there are any opportunities to support people online like that really go ahead and do it because it's the only way that these people can survive. I think um, one of the reasons that I paused looking up Sheffield after the last um, podcast at the start of March was uh, because of, um, you know, it it didn't seem like um, there was a lot to look up in Sheffield about. And I think that's still the case. And I think you're right, Nick, that um, the venues in Sheffield at the moment that desperately need to reopen haven't yet got a package of support in from government to help them do that. Not that I want to get political on this podcast, but big shout out goes to the Lead Mill, to Picture House Social to plug and to any number of small venues that have given Sheffield its cultural identity over so many years Um, and anything that we can do to support we'll try and get you on a future edition of the podcast and uh, and hear about what you're doing and some of the challenges that you're facing Um, but for now I think it's time this fork in the road it's the start of July here's 10 things that haven't been too hard to find which really do give us reason to look up Sheffield. And at number 10, it's thrifty purchases. Well, yes, me and my son have been uh, regularly popping into the old Kellum Flea for a little mooch around and uh, picking up vinyl for a quid and all sorts. But last week we found a great little, uh, great little music player that was a bit of everything. Vinyl, tape, DAB radio. When I say tape, I mean proper cassettes. My husband's playing his old rave tapes on them. Oh, uh, never mind, eh? Yeah. <laughs> and, and CDs as well, so it's all there, the whole package, 35 quid. I mean, what more could you want? Now, um, at number nine, it's Sheffield people. Because even though we've been having to stay separate from folks all this time, just saying like a hello, love, or all right, pal, to people as you're going on your walk, you know, just the little Sheffield witticisms that are coming through on a daily basis, and of course the clap for the NHS that uh, that took place. You know, people started to appropriate that. There was uh, fireworks, singing, dancing, all kinds of uh, activities taking place. But I'm sure we'll all, you know, gather again at some point in the future. In fact, we're currently recording this podcast behind a van, which we're not in the process of stealing, but actually on the grounds of um, a peddler market, which of course is one of those great occasions where people can get together and uh, um, the kids have gone very quiet actually in the background so hopefully they've uh, not been abducted or anything Um, but um, but yeah um, I think getting all those Sheffield people back together again is going to be great but big shout out to the people that listen to this podcast and the wider public as well and at eight it's City Grab and I'll do this one as well because I came up with it Um, I think that you know the way that people have been responding to uh, the uh, COVID-19 pandemic and uh, finding new ways to do their business is no, there's no better um, personification of that than the uh, the taxi companies that started to become delivery services. And I've 
taking advantage of margaritas, Korean chicken, all kinds of things delivered to my Even door. Even the good old chip egg. Even the good old chippy and you can Chicks, get... fish and mushy peas straight to your door. You can get like a roast dinner from the Wadsley Jack for £7.50. Amazing, you know, what good value that Specialist is. Specialist Sardinian cuisine from Domo's. It's all on there. Exactly. Oh, Domo's, you know, that's a place I'm going to have to go I'm to. I'm going on Saturday. Are you? Yeah. But you're going virtually or...? No, no, or... I'm actually going. It's my wedding actually? anniversary. Oh. Actually going. Well, that's the anniversary. Booked. Might have to go in my mask, but hey-ho. <laughs> Domo's. Sure, the hubby won't mind. <laughs> It'll be all right about it, I'm sure. Maybe you can do bespoke kind of anniversary. Uh, at seven, I'm sorry, I'm hogging all of these, Nick, at the moment. I, did, I do right, apologise. Uh, we we'll the sound of your voice, Lord, it's fine. <laughs> well, I haven't had a chance to like, say it or employ it for, for very much recently. Um, I've put down Jarvis Cocker's Domestic Disco. Now, I don't know if you were aware of this on, uh, on Instagram. Now, Jarvis was about to release a new album when COVID-19 happened and of course all of his touring plans got scuppered. So he had time on his hands and he was uh, locked down in his lounge with his girlfriend and uh, they put, to, put on a really eclectic, brilliantly funky domestic disco during lockdown. Now, if you can get your hands on any of that or find a playlist, I do think there's one or two circulating out there on the internet. But once again, just made me re uh, engage with Jarvis Cocker and Pulp and seeing Pulp set at Glastonbury from 1995 before they'd even done Sorted for Ease and Wiz and they played it for the first time to that big crowd at Glastonbury and you just feel really proud to be associated with Sheffield so thumbs up to Jarvis on Cocker the, on that on one. On the note of Jarvis as well we're sitting pretty near to the new artwork of him just on the back of the fat cat there I don't know whether you've seen that yet Loz. I've not seen it yet I've seen oh, it. you need to drive by I think I might home. yeah it's I will wicked, do yeah. I'll get the lads to take a picture oh, out yeah, the window it's great. we do in at six bit of a controversial one maybe but racial equality why is racial equality in the looking up list well I think it's it's easy for us all to say I'm not racist but it's also easy to close your eyes and your mind to it so the recent killing of George Floyd, you know, and and the what came on from that with the Black Lives Matter movement, it got us all looking up. It's got all our eyes open. It's got us all awakened to what is actually going on, to what systemic racism is, which I was pretty ignorant about. I've had to educate myself um, to understand what it means and how it affects people. Um, so, and some might say, um, you know, that there's all this attention and all this focus around it now for the wrong reasons, but that's not the case if that's your life and you're living through that every day and it affects everything you do. Um, and in Sheffield we saw thousands of people come together, united, um, in a busy but peaceful protest. And I think opinion was split on that as well, on those protests, because they happened during a pandemic when people are not seeing their relatives and, you know, can't have mass gatherings and meet in groups. But actually, you might say that is exactly the right time to protest because protest has got to matter and it shouldn't be easy. So doesn't that highlight the sense of emergency of this crisis for black lives? I think it does and I can understand why protest needed to happen when it did and I think it's significant that so many people in Sheffield 
came together in not just one location, there were two or three locations across the city where people did. Some were socially distanced, some weren't, but I think everybody tried to keep it peaceful um, and, and tried to just come together in solidarity really. Um, and leading on from that now, I know there's a review taking place of all the Sheffield historic sites so that we can make sure we've got a balanced and an equal representation of our city's history. Um, and there's also, I think the council's going to be sharing some news soon, um, some more news should I say, about um, a racial equality commission. So hopefully things are going to get better in Sheffield, even though we don't necessarily think there's an issue, there will be these deep-rooted um, things that are affecting people's lives, so hopefully through this commission we'll have even more fairness and equality in the city. At five, hyper-local content. Now this is a shout out to my friend Stuart Jones who uh, is a head teacher at uh, Lydiate School and a bit of a compulsive runner. Um, I've been a little bit addicted to his uh, running tours during lockdown which included for a glorious couple of months a tour of bollards that he'd, um, that he'd gone past in Sheffield. Now you don't get more hyper-local than a runner talking about bollards in uh, Sheffield but I learned so much about the city's history through his daily entertaining talk about different kinds of bollards and it does mean that I can actually say to him Stuart you're talking bollards again and so there we go. <laughs> Did he pass the ones on Jenkin Hill with the little the little kids outside the school they're pretty I think, you know, I think although the, the ones that uh, are encouraging people to drive safely but you're just <laughs> more inclined to speed up and kind of like knock those little little swines off their pedestals. Funny bollards, they are very funny little bollards aren't they? <laughs> At four. Now, Nick, you wanted to put this on about independent businesses. I did, yeah. I just think um, Sheffield, you know, it's always been a place for independent businesses that are really innovative and creative. And I think it's just shown so much through um, this COVID-19 restrictions lockdown because the our businesses are just doing everything they can to survive and they've all gone online and been doing personal delivery services and... Um, and just really adapting their ways of working and their business so that they can continue and survive and be ready to be strong again as they're coming out of it. And now they're having to adapt again um, for, for these reopening um, restrictions so that people can begin to enjoy them again. And I just think it's a real testament um, to, to the people of Sheffield, really, and, and how creative and stuff they are and resilient. Yeah. All power to the people of Sheffield. God, Absolutely. I miss them. At number three, it's the great outdoors. Now, I've been able to go to a different wood every day with the kids during our lockdown walks, and I'm sure, Nick, living in the southeast of the city, you've been able to do the same. Yeah, yeah, surrounded by gorgeous woodlands, and they've been like my saving grace, walking through, listening to the birds, and just taking that time to give yourself some headspace and just breathe in the fresh air and really appreciate it. And I think everyone's fallen in love with the great outdoors again even those who didn't necessarily enjoy going out there so much and running and cycling and whatever it is, everybody else who didn't do that is now falling back in love with it and appreciating what we've got out there. And um, I've got to mention the, the litter stuff because I've been working on it personally um, in my day job. Um, it's been pretty horrendous, some of the states, the parks have been left in. And it is a small minority, most people do care. Most people are bothered, most people are not leaving crack in the park. But um, still, the, the few that are are making it a real massive challenge. 
for all the people that want to have come there and enjoy the time there, but also for the, the staff who've got to clear it up, they've got to stay safe as well. So um, for me, it's just a big ask that everyone does their bit, really. Exactly. Let's be good citizens, okay? Now, if you're listening to podcasts, I don't imagine you're dumping too much waste, but, uh, you know, let's, uh, let's try and stamp that out, okay? At number two, we've got um, people rediscovering their talents at home. So we touched on this with your uh, your singing and doing concerts. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what other talents have you been re-engaging with, Nick? I don't know about me personally, but you know, we've got our own little Facebook group uh, on our estate, and people have been knitting and baking, and some woman started making barges that she's just used to make with her own curries, and now she's getting like a hundred orders a week for these onion barges and. It's just crazy, like everyone's tapping into all these talents that they had but didn't have time for um, or didn't prioritise and now everyone's becoming creative again and they just think it's fantastic. Yeah, and I'd agree with that as well. I mean, even from a very like local level, my next door neighbour has started making um, things out of wood for us, you know, and it started off with a stool for the kids' playhouse. It's kind of gravitated to raised beds and planters for our back garden. Um, he's in his 80s and, you know, if we hadn't have had this lockdown, we'd have never got to know that side of him at all. And he's just we're having time and having time to make conversation and think about what we can do for each other that's what's happened so yeah it's so cultivating those relationships as well we're all getting to know things about each other that we didn't know and things we've got in common that we didn't know we had in common because people are starting to do these hobbies and creative skills again and we're like i do that and i do that and, and sharing all those things it's um it's bringing people together even more. He's not been cooking barges for me yet, but you know I'm hoping that that, <laughs> that will develop in time. I'll <laughs> save you one next time. <laughs> and at number one, we've got to number one, and it's the uh, old coach house in Hillsborough Park. Now, this is a story that's close to both of our hearts and to our regular listener and friend of the show, Heritage Sheffield. Perhaps you want to talk about uh, um, your involvement in this, Nick? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, I'm involved uh, through work anyway, through my, my council day job, and um, helping to promote the parks and, and working with Steve Chu on the, on all these announcements and everything. Uh, but my nan's um, suffering from the earlier stages of dementia, and we're noticing the differences in her uh, week by week, to be honest. Um, and we, we're kind of understanding the challenges that are ahead. Um, so, and, and I am personally interested in doing, you know, singing for the brain and, and the music therapy stuff. So for me, it's a, it's, a, it's an amazing opportunity to bring something fantastic into the city. And I know um, they're looking for additional fundraising because they're not quite there with the one million. Our uh, friend, as you said, Mr. Heritage Sheffield, um, he's looking to do a 100 mile cycling charity fundraiser through Sheffield. So um, hoping we can get something sorted out for him on that and support him on that journey. And we'll share a link to that on our um, on our website, which of course is called lookingupsheffield.com. Um, I have to hope that the domain hasn't uh, hasn't lapsed during uh, lockdown, but uh, hopefully not. In my involvement with um, Steve um, and uh, the uh, project, the Age UK project, goes back about a year or 18 months now. and. Uh, um, I'm so excited, I've raised a bit of fundraising for it, um, I've got it, um, the local community engaged and I think like Nick says it's going to be such a generational change for people and provision in uh, dementia care, um, you know, and I think it, it, it's such a legacy project, it's something that we can all get behind, it's got, it ticks every box, whether it's cultural, historical, social care, 
and all that care and compassion that people in Sheffield are known for. And uh, we'll be hearing from Steve right after this music from uh, the uh, lovely Al Dalton and the recruits. Steve Chu is the Chief Executive of Age UK Sheffield and the main man bringing the coach house dream to reality. This interview is recorded in Steve's garden with pigeons hovering above, al fresco all the way. Steve, it's been a great day for you today and uh, the announcement about the funding for the, uh, the coach house project. First of all, tell me how that makes you feel. Yeah, it's been absolutely amazing. Um, actually... So we've known for 10 days, and um, but we, we were under embargo from the lottery. So actually that 10-day period has been quite hard because I've been bursting to tell people and, and couldn't really. Um, so actually, one of the best things about today, I've just put it on Twitter actually, is other people's reactions. And, you know, it's great for us, but it's great for the whole community as well, and I think that's really come through. So tell me, um, for people that don't know about um, what your plans are, you know, what what is it going to do for Hillsborough Park? Yeah, so um, the old coach house building is at the back of Hillsborough Library and historically it was the stable block for the old Hillsborough Hall, which is, is now the library. Um, it's been disused other than storage since the Second World War and it's in the last 20, 25 years, people in Hillsborough will know it's, it's completely run down really. Um, so we are going to redevelop that as a community cafe. It'll be operated on a commercial basis to hopefully raise some funds for the charity. And then there's two ancillary buildings around it. There's the potting shed, which is not far away at the side of the walled garden, um, which has been used for the council grounds maintenance team until very recently. And we're going to turn that into a maker shed, real creative hub, uh, for the whole community and then we are going to uh, operate the management of the bowling pavilion and try and get that much better used and um, predominantly physical activities but it could also be a uh, conference and, and um, space for parties weddings you know you, know, you name it so it's been a, a journey i remember standing on a day very similar to t today really at hillsborough park this must have been 18 months ago yeah, um, when yeah. this was first announced. And uh, here we are today. And, uh, you know, it must just have been a great kind of, you know, feeling of elation when that letter dropped through the, the letterbox announcing the, the money that you'd got. Yeah, I suppose. Um, so, yeah, that, so that was about 18 months ago because we got the Stage 1 award from the Heritage Lottery Fund in December 2018. So we're now in June 2020. So we put the bid, we put the final bid in in February this year. So that took 15 months to pull together all the stuff we needed to do in terms of the planning application, the legal work, um, the business plan, marketing plan, public consultation. So it's take, it took over a year to do that. And then it was a four month process to get the decision. Um, so it's a, it's a long process. And I suppose as a result of that, you'd think we would be really happy and overjoyed, and we are, but the biggest feeling was relief, actually. After all that work, you know, 
if we'd have got a no, it would have been devastating, really. And to get a yes, it's great, but it was just relief, actually. So uh, we do need to take a, a step back and take some time to, to actually enjoy it. I did a bit of consultation around the uh, the project and, and spoke to lots of people in Hillsborough in the local community and you just couldn't find a single person that had anything negative to say about it. It was a you know a joy to just have people like offering like positive feedback. Has that been your experience as well? Yeah, definitely. And I think um so we used some of that um report you did for us, we used that in the actual submission and went through the quotes and um, I think people, some reflections are that, one, these are the facilities that people wanted in, in the park. They want a cafe, they want public toilets. But it, it was also that, actually, what was heartening, people feel that we're the right kind of organisation to operate it and that any proceeds are going back into charitable purposes. And I think um, people really like that. So... Um your chief exec of Age UK Sheffield. It's going to mean a lot to the people that that you come into contact with on a on a daily basis. Perhaps just talk about some of the the things that or some of the visions that you've got for that main building and and what it's going to mean for people yeah. that are close to Age UK. So um, the starting point about four years ago, we sort of put together a strategy, and, and one of the things that. Um, makes us different from other local age UKs is, is that we're really focused on um, health and well-being type services for um, the most vulnerable older people those that are in the greatest need whereas lots of other age UKs have got much more of a social offer coffee mornings lunch clubs uh, activities to address loneliness and social isolation and um, what we do is really, really important, but we we didn't have that other offer alongside it. So we really wanted somewhere which would be a fantastic place for people to visit, but would also bring in a real community activity offer alongside our health and wellbeing offer. Um, so that was the primary driver, and I think that's, that's what we want to provide. So it will be a combination of um, real social activities, um, Arts and well, arts and craft type uh, classes, and also physical activities as well, so that we've got a complete offer. And, and we really wanted to make sure that what we provide will be, um, I suppose, two things: one, accessible to everyone, because we we work a lot with people living with dementia or other long-term health conditions, and there's stuff out there in Sheffield that they would like to access, but they just can't because they're not well enough to or the um, the activities aren't adapted well enough, so we really want to make sure though the activities we put on are for everyone, all ages, all conditions. Um, and secondly, we want to make sure they're really exciting, innovative things that people would want to participate in. Um, so you know, we see people who perhaps diagnosed with dementia quite early in their lives, they're in their fifties and sixties. And they just don't want to just sit in a chair and read the paper and, and play bingo. They still want to live their lives and make music or um, sing or take part in theatre performances. So we really want to deliver some really exciting stuff that people want to participate in because, you know, just because you're older, it doesn't mean your life is over. You've still got things you want to achieve and do. And the link up with 
activities like park run and the people that use that park for physical activity that was a, a key part of the uh, the bid as well i believe yeah um there's loads going on in that park um park run there's the new proposals for the the cycle circuit down in, in the park so hopefully there's there's going to be with with us coming on board next summer hopefully that park is going to be a real i think destination park is a term and, and people use that um in the consultation it could be a real destination for the city um so yeah it's bringing all different elements of the park together to perhaps make the sum greater than the sum of its parts and if people said you know ecclesall uh, Encliffe park uh, millhouses park have, have got things that draw people into them from all over sheffield and we need something to draw people in from all over sheffield hillsborough park and perhaps we can help to provide that now, it'd be amiss of me not to talk about the last few months. You know, we've conducted this interview at a safe distance. First um, podcast I've done for a few months, in fact. It's just not felt like there's been much to look up about in Sheffield of late. But uh, um, how's it been for you on the on the ground as a, you know, you must have seen and witnessed good and bad and, uh, and everything in between during the last few months? Yeah, um, I mean, so I need to pay tribute to my charity staff because... They've done a phenomenal amount of, of excellent work and they've just got on with it, really. So um, within a couple of weeks at the end of March, they've completely changed all our services from being mostly face-to-face to being able to do things at a distance. Um, dealt with a lot of different needs from older people. We've started a food delivery service from completely from scratch and so by the end of July, we'll have delivered 4,000 food parcels to people around Sheffield who were shielded at home and unable to get out of the house um, and there's been some amazing stuff so we, we run some dementia cafes predominantly volunteer run and uh, in June we managed to hold a, a zoom dementia cafe for 19 people living with dementia which is <laughs> amazing <laughs> to think about it and so I mean, the digital side is both positive and a negative in that whereas people have said for years are too old to get on online don't want to do it we've shown you can do it if you really need to but you do have to have access to the you know be able to afford the equipment to have access to someone who can teach you how to use it and there are still obviously thousands of excluded people in Sheffield who don't have one of those things so it's been there's been some good and bad about it um, we've had to sort of go back to our plans for the coach house and the lottery asked us you know what are the implications of the coronavirus for for building it for your for your business plan i actually i think from a cafe point of view it'll be we'll be in a great position because we won't be dependent on the inside space there's there's a huge courtyard at the front and a courtyard at the back and we'll just um, if we need to we'll space out the tables and chairs but put parasols over them so that even if there's a second wave of the virus you know next summer and we have to have some distancing we'll still be able to keep that cafe open I think. So what's the plan for now you've um, made the announcement today gone out to tender for a a cafe owner I believe. Yeah we've uh, not we've not hung about um so, yeah, we want to get on with things as soon as possible. The two immediate priorities are to appoint the building contractor. Uh, we ideally want them on site in October. 
Um, there's a few hoops to jump through before we can do that, but that's that's the aim. And if we can do that, hopefully we can be open next summer, 2021. Um, so so that'll be that. And uh, yeah, the cafe operator we of, of also want to have them on board by September, October time, because we want them to be able to influence the final build of the the cafe. You know what kitchen equipment they need, the layout of the kitchen and the survey area. We need someone with expertise in operating the cafe to help us with that. So there's that. Uh, there'll be an activity programme to engage local people. So um, there's six projects in all, but one of them is to get as many, many local memories as possible of the park, the Hillsborough area, photos, um, audio um, uh, memories, and then a second project is there's going to be a timeline within the cafe as part of the decoration so it'll be like a permanent exhibition of, of the local area so uh, yeah anyone who's interested in in that and sort of um, memories of the area then then we'd love for people to get involved in that so um one of the uh, the things that happened when you first announced it loads of people started to raise money uh, to um to help the uh, the local uh, cause and uh, I was one of those actually. And, yeah, thank uh, you very much. <laughs> oh, it's my pleasure. Um, um, just because it, you know I believe in it. Everyone's got a personal experience of, of Alzheimer's. You know, I certainly had at the time and and continue to do so. And uh, I think uh, it's certainly something that's very close to my heart. What would you say to the people that have supported you? I mean, it's it's been a great groundswell of of, of public donations that's got you to this point. Definitely. So I mean. It's, it's been a real collective team and community effort to get to this stage on all counts. You know, we've brought a fundraisers, volunteers to help us with the actual lottery application, um, consultation of local people. So it's a massive thanks to everyone involved and hopefully we can deliver something that the whole community wants. And there's probably some more work to do, so we're already now asking anyone who's interested in volunteering or doing some more fundraising for the project for now just to let us know and, and give us their uh, contact details at the moment once we've got the cost the final cost of the building and we know exactly how much we've raised today then we'll know what the gap is and how much we've got to raise next year and so we'll probably do a, a, a fundraising appeal next year but hopefully the, the amount we, we will need at that point will be manageable and something that everyone can really gear themselves up for to, to help us out with the final push. Now you've been uh, closely associated with S6 and um, S6 businesses for quite some time, yeah. formerly involved with the uh, football club down the road. Yeah. How does it feel to be you know living in the community and to have been able to be part of something you know that is going to have such a generational impact on on the people in this community? Yeah it's it's amazing really and um, so I've lived here 18 years now and uh, worked worked at Sheffield Wednesday since 20, 2000, so it's 20 years. So I've been I've been in and around in and around S6 for all that time. So although you, you might not think it to to hear me talking, I suppose I'm you know I've, I've been here a long time and uh, do feel part of the community. So it's it'll be great to when it's all done to be able to to walk to the park and and see something that hopefully I've played a small part in in adding to to 
the value of, of everyone who goes to Hillsborough Park. Steve, I think we'll leave it there with some bird song in the background. But thanks ever so much. Onwards Thank and upwards. You, thanks a lot. Well, that felt good to get another edition of Looking Up Sheffield out of the way. Um, That's episode five, and thank you ever so much to the people that have taken part and made this happen. A slightly more remote and slightly less confined podcast this time around. Thank you to Nicola Allen, thank you to Kieran Flanagan, Steve Chu for his very candid interview, and all power to his project. See you again next time. Hopefully we won't be away quite so long this time around. In the meantime, let's look up Sheffield.